Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. Today is extra, extra, extra. Did I say extra special? (laughs) And I'm going to tell you why it is. And I've talked about Mary Burlingame for many, many, many years because Mary Burlingame was my very, very first coach. She was my coach that I hired as a Paul Mitchell school owner back in the day uh, when I was old Tina. And I talk about old Tina versus new Tina. Tina became new Tina in 2013 after I became a John Maxwell coach and I started to do my transformation as as I would say but I had married many years before that Mary first of all welcome thank you I'm so excited to be here with you today Tina uh, it's so great to see your face and I just want to know how did you not just like punch me and and get me to my senses when you're coaching me how did you deal with this that old Tina that's what I want to know first of all (laughs) well first of all I think that for me when I met you I fell in love with you Tina I think that um when you first meet someone when I met you I felt like I knew you forever and I know that we've talked about this before but when you meet people in life and you feel as though you could be sisters you could be a, a longtime friend and that's how I felt the day that I met you is that I always knew you Yeah. You know, it's so funny. You're right. We have people that come into our lives a season or reason or a lifetime. And I really feel like you're going to be that lifetime friend because every time we get together, which is few and far between, we pick up where we left off and it's like that same feeling. And I I just cannot wait for everyone to hear your message because I know it's going to be epic. And I tell you, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about Mary and then Mary, I'm going to have you talk about how you got to that space, but you began your journey in the industry as a hairdresser, which I love the fact that first and foremost, you're a hairdresser. That means the world to me that you had that very number one in your, in your biography. That was 1995. So we won't let y'all figure out the, uh, how old Mary is. It doesn't even matter. Um, her passion for coaching, guiding others to success led her to a multitude of opportunities, leading people through coaching, communication skills, training, public speaking, leadership, relationship, and team building. And last but not least, motivating others to lead by example. I love that, Mary. Uh, you uh, were a Paul Mitchell Schools Director of Coaching. That's when I met you a school director as well as executive director for multiple locations and led Paul Mitchell School's culture systems and that you also led enrollment teams for multiple uh, school locations. Uh, You're currently the future professional talent specialist and you enjoy working with ambassador program uh, designing for area to handpick talent to consistently represent the sports clip brand. You provide education, building relationships with beauty schools across the country. I love your bio. It says Mary's Wheelhouse. You got to hear this wheelhouse. I mean, this might be called Be a Coach. I'm not sure yet. I'll figure it out (laughs) when we get through this because I've never seen someone go through so many different coaching certifications. You went through Soul Salt Coaching. You're an international confederation. Is it confederation coach? 
ICF coach or an ICF ICF coach, Dave Ramsey, you went through his program. And then I know you by uh, actually giving you, um, uh, referring you to the John Maxwell team, John Maxwell coach, team building workshops, you do um, motivational speaking, consulting services, career counseling, business developer, and but most importantly, you create magic. And on a personal note, you love spending time with your family, gardening, canning, and of course, crafting. So if you're ever (laughs) trying to find her, actually, you were doing so many crafting when I first met you and you had your own craft room and making uh, cards for people, which I think is part of your magic of just really encouraging people. And I can't even begin to tell you how many times I received an encouraging note from you, handmade, of course, duh, handmade note. Um, But just at the right time, Mary, like how do you know when someone needs that encouragement, first of all, because that's, I think the most important attribute characteristic that I love about you. Well, you know, Tina, I think the, some of the things that I've learned in, in time is that gratitude goes a long ways. And what I've learned, of course, yes, I do love to craft and I, there's nothing better than a, a homemade card. But what I've learned is that when someone comes to your mind once or twice, so many times they just come to your mind, you think of them, you may have a smile, a moment. And it, it, you, in our busy lives of time, obviously time is slipping for all of us. Uh, the 24 hour window just goes so quickly that someone will enter into your mind and out of your mind. And then perhaps the next day, the same thing happens. And what I've learned is when someone comes into my mind, um, what I love to do is either call them, text them. Um, but my number one thing is to write them a, a, a love note and love note of gratitude or that I'm thinking of them. There's a reason why they're coming to my mind or my heart. And so that's what I like to do. I've done that for years. And I've also learned that in traveling, you know, you don't always have stamps with you. So travel with cards, stamps, and uh, uh, some great pens, colorful pens and and make it happen. And to me, that makes me feel good to give others. But um, also that I've heard from a lot of people is, how did you know I needed that? And I think in life, we all need encouragement and we all need love. I think the answer is love. So um, I enjoy doing that process. And um, I will continue doing that for a long time, I believe. You know, you're a rare person indeed. And and I, I want to tell you this podcast series that I have is called the B series, B-E series, and where it extended from. And it's still deep down in my heart of me being a human doing and forgetting that I'm a human being. And, and I'll tell you, I, I want to ask you, because this is untold stories of leadership transformation, because I have a feeling there's a story behind this because you said gratitude goes a long way because where did you learn this from? Was there a moment in time that someone showed you gratitude that it really hit home and said, I've got to make sure I do this for people. Do you recall a moment? Yeah, actually I do. Um, There, there's several moments in my life that I reflect back on and I, I think it goes back to family and I would speak of my uh, grandma, Ollie, or my mom, and they always led us as a family through gratitude, no matter what it was to be grateful. And uh, I'll never forget uh, when my grandmother passed away, we've all had to do this before, is um, when someone passes and there's a home involved, you're going to clean the home and get it ready for sale. And there's all kinds of items that would be in the home. And I'll never forget, 
You know, and sometimes, unfortunately, um, when family goes through these crisis situations, sometimes they don't act as though you remember who they are. <laughs> and so uh, I was sitting out on the front step and I kind of couldn't believe some of the voices that I was hearing from the family I thought I knew. There was some, you know, arguing over things. And, and I remember looking off to the side and I, I seen a, a pile of rubbish. And in this pile of rubbish, I looked over and I just happened to see this old cookie jar of Grandma Ollie's. And so as I looked at this cookie jar, I quietly walked over very slow motion and grabbed this cookie jar. And I thought, oh my gosh, no one wants the cookie jar. And so I brought it to my car. I put the seatbelt on, covered it with my jacket. I didn't want anybody to know that I'd taken this broken cookie jar that was in the rubbish pile. So when I got home that night, um, someone asked me, well, my kids were asking me, well, what do you got? What do you got? And I said, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. I have grandma Ollie's broken cookie jar. And they're looking at me like, okay, really? Yes. So I opened up the lid. And as I took the lid off, I began taking out these, all these newspaper clippings and, you know, all of these different recipes and Ann Landers and positive quotes. And at the very bottom of this cookie jar was this letter on polka dot stationery addressed to my grandma Johnson. And that letter was from me when I was a child that I had written her and she had saved for all of these years. I'd written it when I was eight years old, this letter to my grandma, Ollie, on how much I loved her and the gratitude that I shared for her. So when I think about gratitude, I think we never know the gratitude when we share what that means to someone. And so I've always thought about it two ways. You can create little magic or big magic. And I imagine I thought that was some little magic as a kid, sending my grandma a little card, a little love note. And here years later, imagine what that did for me as I sent it, but now I'm receiving it back again. It was big magic. And so it just taught me valuable lessons and a reminder that you never know the impact you have on anyone. And so the impact should always be serving, loving, and giving um, yourself to others at maximum capacity. So, you know, always remember that little magic, big magic goes a long ways and you never know what you can do for someone or when they need it. Mm. You said something so big because you said at maximum capacity, give it maximum capacity, because that just really like resonated with me because I think about all the times that the missed opportunities and, and, you know, as you know, I'm a business owner and we've lost some team members, of course. And recently we just had a really big player that resigned from our company. And I always go back to think you, you taught me this, Mary, you said, did you do everything possible to make sure that you coach them and keep them? And I did not. And if I look back, did I have that maximum capacity? Was I truly, truly grateful? I mean, could I have been more grateful? 100%. And I feel like I have so many missed opportunities. So talk through that process. Was there ever a time that you weren't at maximum capacity and giving and being grateful to people? Was there a shift in your mindset that made, cause I think this is my shift. This might be my untold story just by getting coached by you again. Cause I knew this was going to turn into you're coaching me again. And uh, <laughs> so let me ask you that. Was there a shift in your mindset or a time that uh, made you realize this? Yeah, absolutely. There, there was, I think that all of us, 
um, have a job. We all have a job of some sort. And for me, I uh, was always raised, and Tina, I know you were too. Is that you know you give your hundred percent with your job, and 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 that always comes first. And it be it became first in my life that the job came before the family. And there are several different things that have hit me over time of what comes first. And, and, and we know what needs to come first and we know how important our families are, but sometimes you get so um, involved in uh, either a project or uh, working with your team and your, your work team and your work family that the family comes second. And so uh, I've learned valuable lessons over the years of what needs to come first and, and family is number one. And it's really, you, you speak of this a lot as that balance and we'll, I'll never be a hundred percent balanced, but um, the, really the law of awareness is always being aware of your surroundings and your family and your needs is very important. And, um, you know, I, I've made some, some huge strides and, and we've all have good and bad that happened to us. And, and you've taught me these lessons a lot, um, as well as a lot of my mentors um, that have been around me, uh, Wynn Claybaugh being one of uh, a huge mentor and John Paul DeJoria, as well as uh, Lou Starita being uh, one of the first gentlemen that I worked with in this industry when I, I came to be an instructor and really just taught me that good and bad will happen to us in our life. Uh, and it, the good part is that we don't know when the bad's coming, but it does come. And that there is, if you learn something from that, and you can always, you know, I always say respond or re react. There's going to be a magic moment in your life, good or bad. And you're going to either decide to respond or react. Typically responding is in the positive um, angle and reacting is something that maybe could be embarrassing later. And so just like you, Tina, I've had employees before that I haven't always done the right thing. Um, unfortunately, you can't go back in time. Time is something of moving forward um, and that's it. And what I can do is be a better person today. So uh, what I like to do is when I wake up in the morning, it's, it's I, I just turn the page. I'm grateful when the, the feed hit the ground. I'm grateful for another day, but I'm also grateful that I have the, the choice and the chance to be a better person. So I've really learned that continue to, you know, continue to learn, continue to grow and forgive yourself because none of us are perfect that I try to be better and better every day. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you hit on something that I got to go back to that one because you said J-O-B, which I like to call just over broke. <laughs> Right. So how do you know if it's a job, a career or a calling? So, you know, talking to staff members out there or employees that are working for a company. And so how do you actually know if it's a job, career or calling? Because, of course, when I bring on new team members, I want it to be a calling for them. I want it to be that this is supposed to be their life ministry. But, you know, I got to be realistic here, too. I could be bringing on team members that are just coming on for a short period of time and start thinking about how can I help propel them? Because my ultimate dream is every one of my team members are living into their calling, whether it's with me or with someone else or on their own. And so I know that that's my job for them, right? And so just helping that process, A, and I know that's your heart too. So A, and then uh, B, of course, I got to ask you a second question that goes with this too, because why 
do people put their jobs before their family? And how do I help them to not do that? Because it's got to be family first, right? I agree. So walk me through those processes, even though it's two separate conversations. Okay. Well, I think first of all is leading through passion, I think is huge. And not everyone that, um, you know, obviously we all need to make an income and, and fill the gas tank and have a roof over our, our head and food in our mouth. So, you know, a, a job or a place to work is typically what everyone is doing today. And, uh, you know, I quit work several years ago. I just play every day and it, it's, it's like a playground. Um, I, I choose to work where I feel valued and, and also where I have balance and where I lead with passion. And I think when you lead with, pa with passion, it's a calling. Um, my calling, I believe, um, is to serve others, to do the right thing and, you know, to trust and, and build relationships. And, and that's where I'm at today. I, I don't work. Um, yes, it is a, a job. And, and I do know that I have a, a title and I have responsibilities, but I love what I do. And I think that's so important when you help others, whether or not it's coaching and communication is find what you're passionate about. You won't work another day in your life. You'll, you'll serve others. You'll put that your head on the pillow every night and know that you've done the right thing and, and that you, you can really feel good about what you're doing. So I think a calling is something that hits you with your heart and with your soul and you know you're doing the right thing. And, and people obviously will share or not share with you and that's okay. I think it's a feeling you get when you have that calling. And it's you're not always ready. I remember you talking when um, you hired me to be your coach several years ago. You had the calling. You were just sharpening your skills. You know, that's why I loved you as you were open and you just kept opening. When I met Tina Black, it was that tight, compact rose. So if you could visualize a rose, a flower, a rose, so tight, you know, when you buy them and those buds are just so tight, you don't see the beauty yet. You know, the strength, you know, the foundation. And all of a sudden, Tina, that rose began to open and that the bud was just blossoming and that's where I see you today is that you have grown and you have that passion and the calling and it it does not happen overnight we are not built overnight we grow every day and become that rose and blossom open so I believe a calling is you feel it and you know it but you also may need a mentor or a coach to bring you through the process to get clarity on that calling. It's not always really clear. You may know some direction, but I think that's part of having a mentor. I, I strongly recommend people to have a mentor, to have a coach, someone that will lead you to greatness. You already have it within, but you need help. You need someone to be honest with you on what your needs are. And, and I don't do anything for anyone. I help maybe draw out the greatness of you, but the person actually does it themselves. They just need a little extra encouragement or a little help, or, you know, you probably felt a little push and a pull. And, you know, I always talk about the rubber band. The rubber band has one purpose. And we know the one purpose of the rubber band is to be stretched, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you hired me as a coach, you were that rubber band and you were like, oh, I'm ready. And I said, are you sure? And you said, yes. Yeah, felt the pull. And also I'd let go once in a while and you'd get the snap on your wrist of that rubber band. And so mm -hmm. part of stretching 
is usually uncomfortable. You know, it's an uphill battle. You know, growing is uphill. It's not easy, but it's worth it. It's totally worth it. And it feels good to be stretched. Mm. You know, that reminds me of, you know, just being a great leader is knowing how far to push and pull your people at a rate that they can stand. And sometimes I notice that I pull too fast and too quick and, and that rubber band snaps too fast. And because I can sense it in their nonverbals. And of course, I do a lot of coaching via Zoom, but I also do it via phone. Via phone's harder because I can't see the nonverbals of what they're doing, but I can hear their voices, you know? So it does make me a little bit more intent to the hearing portion. And so that's what that reminds me of. So I was just thinking, um, how do you know? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to regress a little bit here, but how do you know? when you're pushing your team member too hard, too fast? And what do you do about it if if you're sensing that? I think that's a great point, Tina. I believe that no matter what your communication is with someone, whether or not it's the phone, uh, face-to-face in front of someone in person, I think if I've really began to listen differently, And so really listening, you can hear in people's voices, you can hear in the pauses, and you can tell in their pitch as well. Uh, If you really listen and care that that's the most important person in front of you, you will hear things. And so, you know, I always always say this is um, 75 to 80% of our opportunities are lost because we're busy and have too much stuff going on. And so people are always like, oh, I've got such a lucky neighbor. They have everything. Oh, they're so lucky. Oh, they're so lucky. And I say, I don't think so. They're just paying attention to uh, things around them. And so nowadays, if you think about just the power of time today, how it's changed in the last just five years, um, it's everything around us. And if we could just slow down a minute just slow down and start paying attention and be more aware and really listen, you would find that your relationships become stronger. Your, your position could become stronger. You can have anything you want in life if you really want it. Wow. There's no limits. This is so powerful. Okay. So we're entitling this, you know, be a coach, right? And because I believe to be a leader, you have to be a coach period. And you taught me that, Mary, and it's taken me years to finally figure that out. You know, stop telling people what to do instead of start drawing it out. Because that's what a coach does. They just draw out. How many years did you have to tell me that? (laughs) And I finally caught on, right? So number one, how to do that is to be grateful. And you talk to that process. Number two, leading through passion. And what fell underneath that was serving others, doing the right thing trust, building relationships. Number three, get a mentor or a coach, someone that you trust that leads you to great, draws out your greatness. Number four, draw out the greatness in others. Five, listen differently. And, and I, I want to stay on this for a minute because I think this is really, really powerful. It's something that I'm working on, by the way. And uh, I think I'm trying to grow to the next level of listen here. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> Listen and care, because as I coach many of my leaders and something I'm learning and doing a a mastermind right now, online mastermind with one of my partners, she's a psychotherapist, 
And so she's really teaching me more about listening because she's just really, really amazing at it. But with Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead, she said that if you don't love someone, like truly, genuinely love them, you cannot coach them. And so how do you, and I know Mary, like you just have like this genuine love towards other, cause that's just your mission statement. How do you stay in that love? Or do you have to ever fake that love? Or what if you don't love them? How do you coach them? And you know, what advice do you give through that process? Because I know my salon leaders, my school leaders, I know they struggle in this process. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the very first thing is, when you say yes for any communication with someone, so if I if you called me and said, I need to talk to you today, Mary, and I said yes, and I started talking, then I made the decision that I said yes to you to listen. And so um, I like to look at it this way is whoever I say yes to, whether or not it's coaching, communication, connection, I said yes. And so what I need to do is make that person in front of me the most important thing right there and then. So if you're calling me on the phone and I'm in the middle of an email, I I just said, yes, I have time. I need to close my computer, get out of my emails and listen to you, Tina. So when you do say yes to opportunity and to coaching, then say yes and be totally there 100%. Don't be multitasking, doing so many other things, which we tend to do. You know, there's also people that ask for help, but don't really want it. They just want to have all of these excuses. So I'm, a, I'm not going to lie to you. There's been people that I say, you know, if, if you don't really want me to help you, then perhaps you need to find someone else. So I have no problem referring people to other people. If they're not ready, then that's okay. But, you know, someone once told me that you can have people dirty your brain once or twice, but shame on you for continuing to listen to someone that doesn't want to make a shift and a change, you know, and which is true. I, once again, I, I'm in charge of who's around me. I am not going to tolerate someone with negative behavior, negative attitude, and someone that's not in my, my wheelhouse because I'm responsible for who's in my life and who isn't. And so um, I love that fact that, you know, we've all been around someone that's been negative. And what happens when, Tina, if someone's right there and they're negative with you? you feel it. And all of a sudden, it's an energy you get. And so I've learned that, you know, you're in control, you could give someone five minutes of some negativity, but we either a can turn it around, or maybe my conversation needs to be over. And that's been very helpful to help people through that process. It's not that we don't have bad things that happen to us. It's not that I, I, I never go negative. Of course, I go south. Um, but it's, it's, you got to have a time frame on it because I cannot live a negative life. It's, I will not go there. I, I, I choose to have a very positive, energized life, and I'm in control of that. That's, that's amazing. So as, as you think about when you're coaching, so um, through taking me a little bit further through this process, which I didn't even know we we're going to go here on our conversation. So, <laughs> so you're coaching me. This is a live coaching call going on right now. Take me through the process of how to coach my leaders when they're not able to actually, my leaders are coaching their team, right? And they're not able to 
make a connect. They're not able to connect with them and, and they keep getting resistance excuses, as you mentioned, mentioned it earlier, and they keep coming at that and they don't know what to do. What should be their next step? Well, I think that there, there's the, the four components of connecting with someone. And, you know, you know this when, when we um, created the connect model, um, there's four stages of connecting with someone. The very first one is the connection. The second one is the discover period. And I'll explain them in a second. Create and commit. So when I'm connecting with someone like you and I can see each other every six months and it's instant connect. And then although others that we work with, there's might be a little bit of a warm up time. How are you doing today? You know, those types of things where it takes two or three minutes to warm up to get to our discussion. And, and you just have to recognize that as a coach, as someone with communication is that connect will be different for everyone. So if you're mindful and, and, and really understand how to connect, it, it's not the same for everyone. So that's the first step. The second one is, in the discovery period of a, of a connection of any sort, you know, as a coach, you need to ask questions and then be quiet. <laughs> ask a question and just allow that person to talk. And in that discovery period, of course, you're really working on your listening skills. And, and then the creating part is where two individuals come together and, and create that solution, create that next step. Now, as a coach, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I might guide and give recommendations. But at the end of the day, whoever you're coaching, they must come up with that next step. Because um, what happens if I tell you what to do, Tina? What happens if I tell you what to do and it doesn't work? What would you say to me? Yeah, I just start to like really resist and I start coming up with excuses. It's easy to just, you know kind of come up with those excuses about yourself, you know, I got a reason behind it. It doesn't resolve anything. If, 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 if you had a time management problem and showing up for work and, 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 you know, it was over and over again. And I just kept telling you, well, try this new alarm clock. And how about I call you? And how about I do this? And then at the end of the day, they were my solutions and they didn't work for you. So then all of a sudden the blame continues. And so what I like to do is allow them to come up with the solution and then the commitment piece is something that most leaders forget. Most leaders forget we come up with this great plan of action, this great new step um, that the person we're working for has, and then we fall short of the commitment. So the commitment part is that if I say that we're going to follow up, Tina, next Friday at 5 p.m., what happens when I don't show up and connect with you next Friday at 5 p.m.? What happened to my commitment? Yeah, it's gone out the window. I totally lost trust in you now. Too. Yeah, so I, what I love is I love follow through. And um, it doesn't mean that we can't ever make a mistake. Something could happen on, you know, halfway through Friday and, and I could have a, a maybe something bad happen to me or a catastrophe. So I may have to call you and say, Tina, I know we were going to get together at 5 p.m. on Friday. However, I, there's a challenge that I've had. So would you mind Saturday at 9 a.m.? So commitments are strong and, and they can, a, a date could shift and a moment could shift. But once again, it goes back to my communication that I need to communicate that with you, that our time frame, are you okay with it changing? Instead of me just forgetting and blowing you off. There's nothing worse than someone working with you 
And on the commitment side, you can, you can spend all this time and energy on all three steps of connecting, discovering, and creating. And then when the commitment's gone, I mean, what does that show to the person you're coaching and you're working with on your team? It shows that you don't care. It shows that you really don't care and that that person wasn't the most important thing. And so I've just learned in life, uh, you've heard me say this before, the, the power of five minutes. Um, time is slipping quicker than anyone ever had in life. And, and here's the deal. We all have 24 hours every day. So Tina, you're not busier than I am. I'm not busier than you are. I love when people say, you don't understand, Mary. I don't have time. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. Because I'll always say, I disagree. Right. We have the same amount of time every day. It's how you use it. It's how you use it. And so I try to teach people, just start with five minutes a day. All I want you to do is carve out five minutes five minutes a day and we all can do it. I know we can. And those that disagree, I say, okay, let's have the conversation because we're going to talk about it. Everyone can carve out five minutes. And if you carve out five minutes a day and start doing one thing that needs to be done, you will start adding time on. You will start gaining time and momentum. It's unbelievable what you can do with five minutes. And, and how I learned this five minutes, Tina, is it, it was not an easy time in my life, which um, you were there for me, uh, as many were. And uh, it was a time where actually I was with Paul Mitchell and I was getting ready for this great big fundraiser gala. And I was running back to my room and needed to change and, and get my ball gown on and redo my makeup. And so I had about 10 minutes time to go from my hotel room, literally run across and, and get to this great big gala. And I was getting ready and getting my dress shoes on and touching up my makeup and the phone rings. And I look down on my cell phone and I see that it's my daughter, Bridget. And the very first thing I thought is, oh my gosh, I'm going to be late for this gala. I started letting it go into voicemail. And because I knew I, I was going to be late, I had to run, run, run and get to my next destination. Um, and as it went to voicemail and I got to the door and I was just checking to see if I had my room key in the hotel and I got to my door, I stopped. I stopped. I stopped. I shut the door. I came back in my hotel room. I sat down and I called my daughter and I called her back and I, and, and I was so glad that I did. So many times this happens to all of us. We get busy in life. We get busy, 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 busy. And we start losing the momentum and, and what's really most important. I knew my daughter, Bridget, was very important to me. However, I was ready for that to go into voicemail because of the business that happens in our life. And so, so grateful. I came back in, we had our conversation, and then I got to the gala a few minutes late. Um, that next morning, actually, I was with you, Tina, and we were presenting at a, a great big um, uh, summit. And uh, I got off stage and I came back to my table and I had like 21 missed calls from my husband, which my husband never called me at trainings. He knew when I was training and presenting that could wait till the end of the day. And, and that call from him, when I called him back, that call was that my daughter had just passed away. And so valuable lessons on when you have that time, take it because we all know how precious time is. 
And imagine if I hadn't taken those five minutes for that last conversation, where I'd be today. And no matter what your circumstances, remember how powerful time is. And it's very precious and very sacred. So I try to teach that power of five minutes in many ways and shapes for people because hoping that I could help coach, lead, or mentor someone and really take advantage of the time that we have because it really is a short amount of time that we really have. Yeah. You know, uh, Mary, we were kind of talking offline before this and, and, you know, I always say, I never know what, where the conversation is going to happen. And, and there's big T and little T trauma. And my, my partner in my coaching business is a psychotherapist. So she's really trained me on this. And, you know, you've been through a lot of big T trauma in your life. And, um, and I want to ask you, do you think you've been able to heal through that trauma faster because you are a coach and you've gone through all this coaching training and, you know, knowing how to deal with trauma. And so talk to the person right now that's going through what they feel is big T trauma in their life, you know, and earlier, um, or uh, actually a couple of weeks ago, I heard this comment and I was like, whoa, that really, really hit home. And it was the fact that what you don't um, take care of, the, the trauma that you don't take care of from your past will eventually start showing up in your future in something, whether it's in that job, in that career, or in a marriage, anywhere. Have you noticed that A and then B, how have you been able to recover from that big T trauma? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, I think for me is no one ever expects to go through something like that. And, and there's been several components all of us um, have been through in life. So I never minimize what anybody has gone through is when you go through something like that, most people don't know how to help you. Most people don't know what to say. And yeah, you know, uh, you'll have a lot of people that decide they're going to compare uh, your story with theirs. And, you know, I, my, my advice to those that are listening today is be there for the person in front of you. Once again, whether or not they're going through something traumatic or something joyful, be there for the person and, you know, never underestimate or overestimate that, you know, what they're going through, be there for them, be a good listener. Um, and, and, and that's some advice that I give as, um, several people tried to be there for me and make the assumption or associate that perhaps someone's been through the same thing I have. They know, you know, I know what you're going through. You just need to get over it. Well, that's not advice that I needed to hear. So I grew from several things from that. And, you know, no one ever thinks that you're going to uh, lose somebody that young. And, you know, you always think that uh, age will always be a factor with, you know, someone passing and, and leaving you. And um, the unexpected like that is uh, I learned to talk about it. And so by talking about things, I think has really been helpful for me to talk about it and to always remember every, I have no regrets with my children, um, with life. Uh, just recently lost my mother and I have 
absolutely no regrets with anything. I have taken advantage of every single moment in every situation. And, you know, living a life of no regrets, I think, is very powerful and, and helpful. But I love that I can talk about it and that I have never lost sight of what we had and who she is. And, uh, you know, I get to see her again. And and, uh, this is a short time we're here on earth. And so um, I believe that it's going to be a beautiful thing when I'm back with her again. I know she's with me every single day. And uh, and my daughter and my son, we we talk about it all the time. She's with us. And uh, I'm very joyful that I had so many great years with her. And uh, so that brings joy to me as well. And that... um, once again, you just have to have that love in your heart. And for people that are going through it, please just be there for them. Be a good listener. Just sit next to them. And that's it. You don't have to conquer the world for anybody. But knowing someone loves and cares for you, that is huge. And it's a feeling. It's it's not always a word. It's sometimes it's just a feeling. Someone being with you and know that they love and care about you, that's huge. And, and so I hope that the relationships that I build now, I hope people know that I care and love them. And, um, you know, I'll give anybody the shirt off my back. I, I really will. And I, I think I get that from my family, from my moms and my sisters and my kids. And so um, that's huge. That is huge. I love it. So let's, we'll back up for a second. So how to be a leader or be a coach because we're the slash leader coach. Be grateful, number one. Number two, lead through passion. Number three, get a mentor or a coach. Number four, draw out the greatness in others. Number five, listen differently. Number six, connection. That was huge, you walking us through those four stages, Mary. Number seven was awesome, follow up and follow through. And then I want to stop on number eight for a second, the power of five minutes, because you are probably one of the greatest planners. I know I wrote actually a book that is actually a planner called Be a Planner. That was my last one that I did because it was something that I needed to work on. It's where I always struggle. And believe it or not, I still struggle. I'm like, use the book, Tina, (laughs) because it works, right? And so what walk us through that process on a little bit more on the power of five minutes and how do you plan out your day? Like give us some real tangible things that we can use. Okay. Well, the power of five minutes to me, I was hearing a lot from people that, you know, I, 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 as a coach, I hear a lot of excuses. Like I don't have time for that and you don't understand. And, and so I really took the power of five minutes differently of everyone can slow down for five minutes. Because if I was to tell you, Tina, that you need to do your 24 hours different starting tomorrow, and you need to make this radical change, most people can't make a 100% shift. You know, we talk about that 10% shift. And so I just car I just began carving out five minutes. And that five minutes could be what's important to me is a glass of ice water in the morning. Um, Mine is that I'm not rushing in the morning, I like to get up extremely early. And um, even if it's losing 
a little bit of sleep. I, I like to plan my day. So I like to know what's ahead of me. Um, sometimes I plan the night before where I know exactly what's going to happen each day. Um, every day is a little bit different for everyone. Uh, you know, obviously some, some of mine is uh, training. Some of mine is coaching. Some of mine would be maybe a, a Saturday. I love planning a, even a Saturday that you maximize your, your Saturday or your day off. Um, so to me, the power of five minutes really goes down to taking a five-minute component and what you can do with it. Um, it. It's crazy what you can do in five seconds and, and five minutes, um, let alone five hours. But I know that five minutes has changed my life. It's changed my life in so many ways um, of being prepared for my day. And even if you're not prepared for your day, how you can pull yourself back within five minutes. So let's just say someone isn't a morning person and they woke up late. Typically, when someone wakes up late, their whole day is dragging, right? It's going to be a long yeah. day. I woke up late. You know, right. and they're turning Larry Lowrider on you. And <laughs> you know, for those Larry Lowriders out there, turn it around. Take five minutes. Capture yourself, even if you're late. Pull yourself together. Get your thoughts together. And you can take five minutes and pull anything back and put it in the right direction. It's a choice. It's a choice that you need to make. Um, everyone has bad things happen to them. Just stop in the minute, give yourself just a focus, whether or not you get to sit back down, get a drink of water, take a deep breath. You know, most people don't take deep breaths and breathe right. I'm like, you're kidding me. Most yeah. people do not working on. inhale and exhale. And so the power of five minutes, you can put yourself back on track any day, anytime. It's your choice. Things are going to happen to you. You know, you're, you're not going to be happy about something that needs to be done today. You're not going to want to do everything in life. Not everyone's going to want to clean the house or do your laundry. But that power of five minutes can turn yourself around. Um, one last story is I remember um, being busy in another hotel room experience. And uh, the, the team that was picking me up, I, I wanted to be down early because I like to be early when people pick you up. And so I was just heading to the elevator and my youngest daughter called me and she's calling me. She's like, mom, mom, I've got something to tell you. And I said, can I call you back later today? She's like, okay. I could just hear it in her voice. You could just hear that little scratchy hesitation. So I'm heading in the elevator. I get off the elevator. Once again, stop myself five minutes, right? Stop myself, sat down on the nearest chair, sat down and called her back. And she's like, mom, mom, you were going to call me later. I'm like, no, I'm calling you now. You don't have time. I've got time, Anna. I've got time. And so I sat down and I said, what do you want to tell me? And she said, just a minute. And she was so excited that she had just learned how to play Amazing Grace on the flute. <laughs> and so she's playing I'm you know she just learned it so it's little squeaky I could hear exactly it was amazing grace I'm crying my makeup is running off my face and I said oh my god Anna that was great and she's like mom mom I'm so excited I said so am I and so not only did it make her day it made my day I've never forgotten that moment five minutes and wow. guess what here, the team leader was 15 minutes late. I didn't even know that. <laughs> you're no. like, I'm glad you're late. <laughs> I had three five-minute increments to create magic, wow. to be a better listener, to be a better mom. 
So, yeah. you know, anyone can do it. And when people say they can't, it's a choice they're making. It's a choice. You know, you can take a power of five minutes right before bed. You know, it could be a, a prayer. It could be calling someone and telling them you love them. It could be writing out your schedule for the next day. Five minutes can be anything. Anything. What I love is waiting in a grocery line now because I utilize that as the power of like, hey, I can either return a quick call, a text, or an email. And it I is. stand in line and I work. And I don't know why everybody's all freaking out on these long lines because I get excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's so well, it, it, it's funny. And, you know, I love, I love little kids. You know, the, it, all of us at the age of five or six, we lose that little kid. We, we, we yeah. lose our joy and our, our giddiness and our laughter and our, our, you know, at the age of five, six, our worries are different, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> so I always love, uh, you know, if you see kids in a store or we've got a lot of little kids in our family and there's nothing better than little kids. They bring the joy back because their fears aren't there and present and, and their mm -hmm. challenges and their, their, their timing is all different. And so they always, it always comes back to me of, you know, bring that little kid back. It, it's never left you. It's never left you. Just things start to bog you down. Time, fears, frustrations, all kinds of things can bog you down. But remember that little child, that little, that kid, that, that, that joy is in you it's in you it's in you you just have to decide maybe get a little selfish with your time so it can come back and let me tell you people know and they feel your presence when you're happy and when you have that joy back in you and you can get it it's it's never it, it's never been lost it, it might be deep down in your soul as my grandma said you know there's good in everybody it's sometimes all the way down to their big toes so it might be in your big toe today but um you know pull it out you're gonna find that the joy and laughter is, is within you and the peace is within you. Uh, sometimes it's just been shuffled to the side. It might have a few cobwebs on it. Just dust it off and bring it back out. You'll find you'll begin to enjoy your life again and, and bring you back to, you know, why you're here, why you're serving on this earth, you know? Yeah. I love the fact that you keep talking about your grandma because I'm a grandma now. Yeah. And there's so, so much power in being a grandma and just the legacy that she's given you and the transformation that she's given you. So we, we talked about, so that was number eight, the power of five minutes. And I love that you said, uh, carve out five minutes, what's important right now. And it's just making me think, wow, even every hour I could do that and say, what's important right now at the top of the hour and just do it right then and there. What's most important. Maybe it's a phone call to your parents, maybe it's yeah. to your kids, whatever it might be. And then number nine, I said, uh, just be there. Just yeah. be present. Be present. And number 10, uh, talk through your own adversity. What with, with someone talk about it. And even just, you know, uh, I always tell people, make it your motivational message. And yes. you know, I feel like I, I hope you're writing a book because I feel like your book is the power of five minutes. <laughs> Actually, actually, it's in my head. And, and as, uh, as uh, Douglas Cox, another mentor of mine from way back, he would, he would always say, who has goals and dreams? And, you know, the whole audience of 5,000, our hands are raised in the air. And his next question was, how many of you have goals and dreams written down? And, you know, half of the audience is down. And, he's, and his next question was, 
why don't you have them written down? And in my head, I'm like, do I answer him? And in my head, I'm thinking, because I have them in my head. And so that moment in time, I literally, when I got back, I literally wrote down goals and dreams. And ever since, everything I write down, I have accomplished. And so, you know, strongly recommend to people that when you have goals and dreams and things in your head, write them down. Things that you write down and put into the university do come to full circle. Um, it, will it take a little work? Of course, you're not gonna you're not gonna get there overnight. It's gonna take a little effort or a little time, but um, really being intentional with what you want in life and 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 what kind of person you want to grow into, be intentional. It want, the moment you put intention behind anything is the moment you begin to see and 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 see things differently and achieve things differently. Oh gosh, I love it. So you're the one who taught me how to do dream boards and I'm looking at my dream board right here for 2019. Do it with all of my team members. And in fact, we're looking at it for the next few months to see how are we doing and you know, what do we want to accomplish? You know, what's most important, you know, right now to accomplish by the end of the year. And you taught me how to do the dream board reading, which Mm -hmm. is really awesome. So you guys, this is her Mary Burlingame. She's the one who taught me this. And I love that you said that. So that I made that one number 13. So let's back up. And uh, so number 10 was talk through your own adversity. Number 11, powerful, live a life of no regrets. And I want to talk again about that for a second here. But number 12 is bring that little kid back. And, and I love how you do that. And I want to talk a little bit more through that process. And then number 13, write down your goals and dreams, be intentional, have a dream board, <laughs> have a dream wall. I actually coached a salon leader not too long ago. And I said, you know, if you have a blank wall, why don't you make your dream board your wall? And so she did that. And she yeah. showed me pictures. I was so proud of her. I said, cause that I would love to have a wall, <laughs> an empty wall. With, with the dream boards, it's really, um, you know, taking it that next step, which I know how you teach now is dream boards are really done through intuition. And when you take time in your collection before you create that, it it's comes from your passion. It comes from your calling. It comes from your intuition. And, and I love that you, um, that when you learn something that you lead with it, I, that's what I love about you, Tina. And I love that about how you and I coach is when we create something or learn something, we give it away. And that's the best gift ever is when you learn, you give it away. And so when there's something new or, or a, a message, you, you learn it and you master it. And then I love giving stuff away because why not allow someone else that same thing or a a new experience that you never even thought about when you give something away. That's so beautiful. And that's what I call serving is giving away those tools and, and techniques for others to grow and and have greatness with also. Amazing. And, and I'll tell you, um, what is the very best way, first of all, to get a hold of you, those people who want to hire you as their coach? Um, I, I think the best way is if you want to email me and, and connect in any way, my email address is B-U-R-L-I-N-G-A-M-E, Mary, at the letter Y, mail.com. That's my uh, personal coaching email. You can email me at that email address and uh, whatever you need or, or Whatever you'd like to discuss, I'm available. And uh, Tina, I just want to 
face you today and tell you, first of all, how much I love and adore you. And second of all, I am so proud of who you are and who you've become. I have always believed in you, but from the moment I met you to today, meeting you as that tight rosebud and now that huge, I'd say a rose garden of blooms. Um, I'm just so proud of you. And I, I feel so lucky and so fortunate to have a friend and a mentor and a coach just like you in my life. So thank you for always being there for me. And um, thank you for all that you do for everyone um, in the network and everyone that you cross because uh, you're a great leader and uh, thoughts of you always make me smile. That gets you, Mary. I love you so much. Uh, Any last words of wisdom or advice that you give to the person that's listening to this podcast? (laughs) A couple things. Um, Just take a look at where you're at today and where you want to go. You're responsible. Um, We will have it, you know, moving forward is usually uphill. Um, You can do it. Um, Never, ever, 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 ever give up because we're not meant to give up. We're meant to move forward. And um, my last quote for you will be, let all that you do be done with love. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.